thought that that was great. Why don't we just uh, have one more moment of prayer here. Father, thank you for a wonderful, wonderful morning, a great day that you've made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. We already pray for a tremendous VBS. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to volunteer and to be involved on various levels. Thank you, Lord, for directing each of us as to how we should be involved with this opportunity and with many other opportunities where we can advance the greatest, greatest message ever heard. Thank you for blessing the words now that I'll speak. I pray, Lord, that those that are of you will remain and anything of me will quickly fade away. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. I love what a, a Chinese Christian woman said some time ago. She said, I know that God doesn't have any favorites, but I know I'm one of them. And uh, I'd just like to kind of make that statement. I know that God doesn't have any favorites, but I know that if we in this room would have been the only ones to have ever lived in this world, he would have sent his only son to be a missionary to come to us to establish his church. So God's love is so amazing, and I want to be uh, talking about that at, at uh, some length today. Many of you know I just had a birthday, and I also was at the ORU 50th anniversary graduation this weekend, and so it's been a, a wonderful time for me, and I, I truly believe that I'm one of the most blessed men that has ever walked this earth. I really do, and I know that the Lord has sustained me over these past 45 years in places that many people never go to or never desire to go to, but his, his protection has been with me, and I know that it's in a very significant and large part because of your prayers and your continued uh, prayers for me. So thank you. Thank you for that. So many, many uh, memories came flooding uh, through my thoughts over these last uh, uh, couple of days, and maybe allow me just to share a few of them as testimonies of God's goodness and God's grace. I remember coming to ORU uh, as a freshman, walking those grounds. Actually, I came a year before to, to see if that might be the place where I should come, and sensing that the Lord uh, was leading me to come to ORU as a part of the Alpha class. We had, we had 312 students at that time. Walked across what is now the prayer gardens. It was a, it was a uh, wood plank that we would walk across uh, to the LRC. It was, it was an amazing time. I believe two things that I learned at ORU have, have sustained me all these years. One, God is a big God. And uh, nothing is impossible for him. And what he calls you to do, if you'll be obedient, he will make it possible. Marilyn Hickey was one of the speakers, and she had this wonderful phrase. She asked people to put their hands on their heart and say, I believe God can do anything. And I think that's, that's so true and so wonderful. I remember uh, joining Living Sound shortly after leaving ORU. And uh, actually, I met Terry uh, on, the, on the wing that I lived on. I, used, I was kind of a fitness fanatic in those days. I'd do 200 push-ups, 200 sit-ups. The guys would count for me, and uh, Terry was one of the counters. And I, I got to meet him that way. But uh, he established, along with Larry Dalton, a Living Sound, a international music ministry. And uh, I joined uh, 
1971, August the 6th of that year. Terry was getting ready to preach in Springs, Africa. A year before I joined, uh, Living Sound had just sung. It was their first tour. And the Lord spoke to Terry in an incredibly powerful way. He's described it many times. He was sure that the Lord Jesus was in the room. He said, I heard his voice, but not so much an audible voice, but I heard his voice in every cell of my body. And I heard him say, I'm going to send you behind the Iron Curtain. You'll do things there that many people will say are impossible. But if you'll trust me and be obedient, I'll protect you. And uh, so it has been these past 45 years. Soon we were in Eastern Europe preaching uh, in a communist nightclub. After that, for 10 years, coming back after and after, uh, over and over again, preaching to massive crowds in Roman Catholic churches. Met, met the uh, future Pope. He endorsed our work. Over those years, we think over 100,000 came to Christ at the end of our concerts. We gave them little booklets, and we numbered the booklets, and we knew that we had passed out well over 100,000. So those were amazing years. But I've, I've thought many times of his protection. I've seen um, situations that could have gone really, really badly. I, I remember being in Afghanistan some years ago. We were delivering nine truckloads of aid to Afghan refugees. This was just at the beginning of the Afghan uh, war, and uh, we're in this kind of a western kind of a fort. We're being stoned, uh, and one of the stones came right through the vehicle that I was in just, just behind me. I, it could have been my last day, but it was not. I remember uh, one of the uh, men that was in the fort, just kind of a uh, very somber kind of guy. He said, you guys are going to die here today. And I remember Terry saying, we will not die here today. God's going to make a way for us. And we were able to see the uh, Pakistani militia come in and get us out of there. But so many other situations, a big car wreck outside of Baghdad. Uh, we went by a police recruiting station uh, in Baghdad on our way to the Green Zone to meet President Iyad Alawi, the first president of the new Iraq. And five minutes after we passed the recruiting station, there was this unbelievable explosion like I'd never seen in my life before. The, the vehicle that we were in a big uh, suburban, or actually it was a Toyota Land Cruiser, big vehicle, but it just shook. And we just feel that concussion. And a massive amount of smoke goes up. And right, right away, our Black Hawk helicopters are flying to the location. 128 people uh, injured, 23 killed in an instant. We had just gone by there just two or three minutes, five minutes maybe before that. So many, many stories like that. I'm not going to go any further, but all I want to say is God has been so good to me, and you have been so faithful to pray. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I could never thank you enough. We've embarked on a year of evangelism at uh, TCF, and I think we need to continue to pray for boldness, knowing that he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The scripture tells us in uh, Revelation chapter 5 that the prayers of the saints are collected 
in bowls before the Lord. And that passage, if you look at it a little closer, the saints are praying that there will be a representation from every tribe and every nation one day before the throne. And so I believe that our prayers are incredibly powerful as we pray for the lost, as we pray for those who yet have not heard, as we pray for those who've heard but have never yet received. So we need to continue to persist in our prayers. I believe the prayers of my mother and father, Ruth's mom and dad, have continued to sustain us as they are part of that collection of the prayers of the saints. I believe the prayers of the saints were very significant in... uh, pulling down the Iron Curtain. Those prayers were prayed over a period of 70 years. I believe a huge number of Muslims are coming to faith uh, like never before because of the prayers of the saints. So one of the things I want to underline and, and, uh, and stress and uh, highlight and burn into our hearts that one of the most important things we can do and continue to do as we move ahead in evangelism is to continue to focus our prayers on those people that are a part of our household, our, our oikos, our group of influence, people that know us, people that we work with, people that we go to the club with to work out with, people that are across the street from us, people that uh, are relatives that, that still have not come to faith. So let's continue to be faithful, to pray for those that uh, we already have a relationship with. Amen. I said to Ruthie when I was dating her years ago, we've been married 42 plus years, it's been amazing, it's better every year, but we were going through this time and she wasn't sure that we should continue and I said, Ruthie, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And uh, God has blessed us. And I believe that's true concerning prayer. God never answers prayers we've never prayed. But if we will continue to be faithful to pray, I believe we will see amazing things in our lifetime. Terry said years ago, God opens doors for those who will go. I believe he opens doors for those who will pray, for those who will continue to look for opportunities to engage friends as well as those who we meet through divine appointments. Those who yet have not heard or yet have not responded to the message of the gospel. I'd like to read the story of Jonathan. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. I love that phrase. There's no presumption there. There's simply a statement that I'm going to make myself available. I'm going to climb a cliff. I'm going to attack the Philistine. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf, but if not, I'm in his presence. What an incredible attitude. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, this is amazing, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah, under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was was called Bozes, 
and the other Senna. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash, the other to the south toward Goba. And then listen to this. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And this is what his armor bearer says. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you heart and soul. Talk about a friend. Talk about a brother. Talk about a soldier committed. Jonathan said, come then. We'll cross over toward the men and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we'll stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, We'll climb up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. Isn't that an amazing sign? I've thought about that a little bit. Jonathan drew up the most unbelievably difficult possible sign. The only way is if the Lord will act on their behalf. There's no other possibility of them to come out of this looking good, in fact, looking alive. But if they say, come up to us, we will come up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistines. And this is what they said. The Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and, and his armor bearer, Come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. And so Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hands of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet. Can you imagine going up a sheer cliff, maybe 100, 200 feet, and then getting ready to fight 20 Philistines? who've been waiting for you all day long. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about a half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army, that is the Philistine army, those in the camp and field and those in the outposts, and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. The Lord acted on behalf of Jonathan. Saul's lookouts at Gibeah in Benjamin saw the army melting away in all directions. What an amazing story. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. I want to I just translate that to our reaching out to our oikos, to those people that we know to the neighbor across the street. We just go over there and talk, and perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. If not, we, we still have an opportunity to check in with them, see how they're doing. But uh, 
as we make ourselves available, as we go into those situations that are presented to us, perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. What gave Jonathan the courage to climb that sheer cliff with only his armor bearer? I listened to uh, Ronald Reagan's The Boys of the Hook speech this morning early. Do you remember them? They were the rangers, the first in the landing party at Normandy. They scaled. They were rangers. They were amazing men. They scaled the sheer rock cliff. 200 and, I want to say, 30 of them. 156 died that day. This is the kind of situation Jonathan faces with one armor bearer. They're going up this sheer cliff. Perhaps Jonathan had already met David, his great friend that he would get to know more in the, in the days to come. But maybe he'd heard that David had killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. And surely, surely Jonathan remembered the words the Lord had spoken to Joshua, one of the greatest generals in the history of Israel. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. It was the same attitude of the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Remember their words? Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. Do you hear that? Is able. is not as definite. He'll, he'll save us. And then they say, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Perhaps the Lord will enact in our behalf. Mark Batterson, I've read a couple of his books, The Circle Maker and All In. Really inspirational if you want to read them. Mark Batterson says in his book, All In, going all out for God always starts with one step of faith. It's often the longest, the hardest, and the scariest step. But I believe if the Lord is calling you to do it, you should go for it because perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. I believe that when we take that step, the Lord, in a special way, empowers us. Those of you who were a part of the evangelism training, wasn't that a wonderful, wonderful day? You'll remember that I think many of us, in fact, I think all of us, had some uh, trepidation about going on the streets. Uh, we didn't know quite what it would be like, some apprehension, some butterflies. But when we started walking the streets and knocking on doors, and having some crazy experiences out there, funny dogs and amazing comments, we made contact with the neighbors that we live with here, 
and we knew we were okay. We knew the Lord was uh, acting in our behalf. We knew the Lord was with us. We knew we were on a mission from God. And so let's continue to take those steps of faith. For some of us, it may mean getting out of our comfortable boat, whatever that might be, however you want to describe that. Uh, the Lord, if he's calling us to get out of our comfort zone, he has something very, very special for us. This is a really fun book. It's called The Circle Maker. And I want to, as I said earlier, encourage us to pray uh, very, very intensely for those that we know that they would come to Christ. There is a well-documented story from the first century B.C., after all the prophets had uh, already died, and it was a very, very dark time in Israel. But there was one man, a sage. He didn't care that the prophets had died. He continued to pray. And uh, Israel had experienced a great drought. There had not been any rain for an entire year. So those that knew Hani, they asked him to pray because he had prayed previously and the Lord had brought rain. And so Hani, in front of all of his peers, comes with a six-foot staff and he begins to draw with it like a compass. First 180 degrees, then 270, then 360. And he's standing in the middle of that circle and he prays this prayer as if he was Elijah the prophet. Lord of the universe, I swear before your good name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. And the rains came and Hani was used of the Lord to be a blessing to Israel. First, the rains came really, really hard, and so he continued to pray. Not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill cisterns, pots, and caverns. And uh, the people were blessed. The Lord answered that prayer. But the, the sense of the intensity of that is what I'm trying to portray to you. He said to the Lord, and in front of all those people, I'm not going to leave the circle. I'm just crying out to you. Would you act on behalf of Israel? You know, we had a visit, Ruthie and I, with a Korean student, one of her art students last week. It's pretty amazing. And Juan, uh, you'll love this story. <laughs> we were asking her, what's, what's school like in Korea? And she said, well, you know, we go to school like we do here, and then I come home and have something to eat, and then I go to tutoring, tutoring from 4 o'clock until 10 o'clock at night. And I said, what? I mean, <laughs> you do that all the time? She said, oh, yeah, that's, that's normal. And, and I said, uh, do you like math? And she had this big smile. I said, I love math. And so uh, I want to read you a story about perseverance. 
that's what I'm really trying to communicate to, I think, all of us, perseverance in prayer. Japanese children and Korean children, I'm sure as well, consistently score higher than their American counterparts, while some assume that a natural proclivity toward mathematics is the primary difference. Researchers have discovered that it may have more to do with effort than ability. In one study involving first graders, students were given a difficult puzzle to solve. The researchers weren't interested in whether or not the children could solve the puzzle. They simply wanted to see how long they would try before giving up. The American children lasted an average of 9.47 minutes. The Japanese children lasted 13.93 minutes. In other words, the Japanese children tried about 40% longer. Researchers concluded that the difference in math scores might have less to do with intelligence quotient and more to do with persistence quotient. And then they went on to discover not surprisingly, here's something for you, Dory. It doesn't matter whether it's athletics or academics, music or math, there are no shortcuts. There are no substitutes. Success is a derivative of persistence. And then they talk about a study done by Anders Ericsson and his colleagues at the Berlin Elite Academy of Music they studied violinists who all started the same way. They played about the same amount until they were eight years of age. And then their practice habits completely changed. The researchers found that by the age of 20, the average players had logged about 4,000 hours of practice time. The good violinists told about 8,000 hours. The elite performers set the standard with 10 thousand hours of practice. While there's no denying that innate ability to dictate some of your upside potential, persistence is the magic bullet, and the magic number seems to be 10,000. Uh, whether you want to achieve mastery in uh, music, in athletics, as a basketball player, as a fiction writer, as a master criminal, whatever you decide to do, 10,000 hours is that magic number that is going to translate into amazing success. So how does that translate to prayer? I'm not trying to say that you have to pay or pray 10,000 hours for the Lord to answer, but I, I do believe that there is a correlation. I was I wake early this morning, probably 3 o'clock. Many of you are asleep. I'm sure Jim was probably up praying already. But, but uh, I just felt, just felt so peaceful in the presence of the Lord, praying for this service and remembering that Jesus himself set the example. Every morning, well before daylight, he would find a place somewhere on a mountainside and pray for hours, just asking the Father what was the agenda for the day. If he uh, did that, shouldn't we, as his disciples, if it's 10,000 hours, be it that, whatever it is, let's be very, very intentional in our ongoing prayer, 
especially for our oikos, for those around us. I'd like to uh, briefly just review the uh, things that we learned in our training, and you've already heard about them through Jim and through others, but uh, really it's not about door knocking so much, it really isn't. It's about relationships, and especially those that we already have. The Lord can give us divine appointments. We should be looking for them. We should be ready, instant, in season and out of season. But let's continue to remember it's about relationships. It's about finding a way to connect with that person. Paul gives that great example as he's in Athens and he sees this statue to the unknown God, and he compliments them that, that you even have a statue for the unknown God. I've got good news for you. I'm here to tell you about him. So I believe that in, in, uh, in unique ways, we all have that opportunity to find a way to connect with those persons that uh, the Lord brings our way, and especially those that we already know. I think it's also uh, an opportunity to, to pray for them and uh, not in a machine-like way, but complimenting them on some, something that we, we see about them and asking, is there anything that we could pray with you about or I could pray with you about today? And uh, if they say, I'm good, that's often a common answer. We could still say, hey, you know, I want you to know I'm a Christian and I've prayed for a long, long time and God's uh, answered some of my prayers. And, you know, if there's anything really special, maybe a miracle that you've been really looking for, would you want me to pray about that? And many people say, yeah, there is this thing. And so continue to do that. And then after you've prayed, you might uh, still have the opportunity to share your personal testimony. Very briefly, 30 seconds. This is mine. I used to be afraid. I used to uh, be fearful of everything. My dad was so concerned about me. He thought, Joel's never going to count be anything. He's, he's so, so timid. It was, it was because of a man that was murdered just a block and a half from where we lived. I'd go by that place every morning on my way to kindergarten. And uh, I could see this red paint. I thought it was his blood. It was, it was just horrible. But uh, God totally changed my life. When I received Jesus as Lord, that fear was gone. And now I have passion. I have vision. I'm excited about every day. Do you have a story like that? So that kind of brief testimony. And then they might say, no, but hey, I'd like to have we could share the three circles with them, the perfect world that God designed. Adam and Eve experienced paradise in the most beautiful sense of that word. But they rebelled, and they found themselves in brokenness. Most of this world, in fact, that's the word I think that describes our world, brokenness. Most of the world finds themselves in brokenness and don't like it, and they are trying various ways to get out of it fame, money, career, multiple marriages, illicit relationships, 
all kinds of things, and they find at the end that all of those efforts are like bungee cords. They pull them right back into even greater brokenness. But God knew all about this. He sent his only son. If we will simply turn to him, embrace him, ask him to forgive us, and be our boss, be the man that directs, the God that directs our life, he'll come in, he'll change us, and bring us back into that perfect design that God had for us from the beginning. And uh, the rest of the story is God will then send you to your family and to your friends to tell them this great story. So uh, what can I say other than let's continue to be faithful. Let's continue to be reaching out to those all around us that we already know with uh, words of encouragement, conversations we want to call somebody up for lunch. You know, most Americans enjoy a free lunch, you know. I've, I've noticed that. So, hey, let's, let's go to lunch. Or maybe you go play golf with somebody. Or maybe you just go across the street and say, how's, how's, how's your lawn doing this year? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to connect with people. Let's just find those ways. And it's, it's about like the Chicago Cubs. It's singles and doubles that win world championships. You know, a single as I mentioned earlier, is just engaging someone in a conversation. A, a double would be uh, having a chance to pray f- with them about something. A triple would be where you'd actually share the plan of salvation. And then a home run, you actually pray with them and they receive Jesus. Patty led a young lady to the Lord on that day of evangelism. I know that Don has recently led someone to the Lord. So uh, let's realize that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So our job, we're, up, we're part of the team, is simply to tell the good news, be a witness, share our story, and see if the Lord might act in our behalf. Let me just close this. We've, I promised my wife we'd be succinct and uh, <laughs> By the way, the diagrams for our training are still in the fellowship hall. Many of you have seen them. Those are good reminders. They've been left up there on purpose. We're living on purpose here, okay? So just review them from, uh, from time to time. And we may have another training, who knows, sometime soon. But those are good reminders that we do have uh, many ways of sharing the gospel. In fact, let me share one more thing. I've got to do this, though. May 20th, there will be another event here at TCF in our parking lot. The Spanish church that shares our facility are having an evangelistic day that day. And let's be involved in various ways with prayer. Some of you want, want to be here. I'm planning to be here and uh, see what the Lord might do. We might want a prayer walk around this building as, as they're, uh, they're singing, as they're sharing in Spanish. We may find some outliers, people that are standing around, we may just want to say, hey, what do you think of all this? Let's just kind of talk a little bit. I remember uh, a wonderful method, and it applies to May 20th, that we had uh, at Fort Lauderdale when we were at uh, ORU still. We'd take, I went on two trips to Fort Lauderdale, and Bob Stamps was the, the leader of those. Some of you remember Bob. We went on these witnessing missions to Fort Lauderdale during spring break. A lot of drinking, a lot of unrighteous living happening. We were there to share Christ, and uh, there was a couple of Christian bands. They would play. 
And we'd had this, uh, this method. It was called stand, sit, crawl form of evangelism. Now, the way that works is you, you walk up to somebody who's uh, sitting there listening to the band, you kinda, and then you kind of sit there beside him, and then you kind of crawl beside him at, between songs and say, what, what did you think of that song? One, one, of, one of the songs was uh, the band played, I always remember it, it's called Cadillac Jack. And there wasn't a whole lot about gospel in that song, but the guy had a miserable life, you know, so... so <laughs> That was even an opportunity. I mean, you don't have to be Cadillac Jack. You can, you can, you can actually have a, a wonderful life. So let's, let's be praying about whether we might want to do the stand, sit, crawl method on, on May 20th, sharing the gospel. But let me, let me finish with this verse. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. If we would have been the only ones, he would have come to die for us. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. And uh, the Lord, I believe, will continue to act in our behalf as we make ourselves available. Amen.